but going backward is absolutely, unequivocally, and forever unworkable, for a number of well-known reasons. One is the grandfather paradox, meaning you could always go back in time and kill your grandfather, and then you'd presumably never have existed in the first place. Another is that even if you went back and did nothing, you'd almost certainly have some of the same molecules your younger self had been using incorporated into your body. And so the same molecule would be in two different places at once, and that can't happen. The third reason is just a mechanical problem. The only way into the past that anyone knows of is the famous wormhole route. But putting matter through a wormhole is like putting a Meissen vase through a pasta machine. Anything going through it is going to come out the other end crushed and scrambled and no good for anything. But, 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 there is a workaround. The Warren Labs insight was that even if you can't send matter into the past, that still doesn't rule out every possibility. If you can't send anything, that should mean that you can send nothing. And nothing, roughly speaking, includes electromagnetism. They developed a way to send bursts of energy through a tiny, artificially created Krasnikovian tube. They figured the pattern of energy bursts might be able to carry some information. In fact, it could carry a lot of information. The signal they sent back encoded a lifetime of distilled memories, basically everything that creates the illusion called a sense of self. In this case, myself. Of course, the next problem is that there has to be a receiver and storage on the other end, and in the era we were interested in, there weren't any radar dishes or disk drives or silicon chips or IF antennas or even a crystal radio. Circa 664, there was only one existing object that could receive and store that much information. A brain. I began to be able to move my eyeballs. I started to make out how my right hand, the one holding the thorn rope, was broad and beefy and heavily calloused on the palm heel. Its nails were long and sharpened and inlaid with T-shaped carnelian studs and the fingers were tattooed with red and black bands like coral snakes. A jade-scale bracelet stretched from the wrist almost to the elbow. Like the section I could see of my naked chest and my cauliflowerish left knee, it was crusted with bright blue clay. Score one for the Freaky Friday team, I thought. I really was in another person's body. Specifically, I was in the brain of someone named Nine-Fanged Hummingbird. We, that is, we at the Warren Project, knew a little about him. He was the patriarch of the Ocelot clan and the Ahau, that is, the king or overlord or warlord of the city of Ish and of the roughly two thousand towns and villages in Ish's orbit. He was the son of the twelfth Ahau, twenty-two burning forest, and Lady Cyclone. Today he was forty-eight years and sixty-one days old. He'd been sitting in here fasting for about forty-two straight hours, and he was about to emerge at dawn to be re-enthroned for a second twenty-year period as the Ahau. There was a bowl of hot embers five inches to the north of my left knee, and without thinking about it I peeled the rectangle of blood-soaked paper off the reed mat and held it over the heat. For a moment the light of the coals glowed through the sheet, and I could see glyphs on the other side, the phrase, Watch over us, protect us, and then the profile of an eagle. More specifically, it was a harpy eagle, 
Phrasiatus harpia. In Spanish it was arpia, and in Mayan it was huncoc, gold ripper, and the Aztecs called it the wolf with wings. It was the emblem of a clan, my clan, that is, the clan of the person whose brain I'd commandeered. The paper was a letter, my clan's petition to one ocelot, at the womb of the sky. Automatically I folded the sticky sheet into a triangular bundle. It was a complicated set of motions, like making an origami crane, but I, or rather my body's previous owner, must have rehearsed it a hundred times, and set the paper down in the bowl. It must have been soaked in some kind of copper salts, because it sizzled and then sputtered into green flame. My tongue throbbed. I pulled it in. No, wait. I pulled. Huh. Nothing happened. I tried to swallow, and then just to close my mouth over my tongue.